This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 292, Multiple Streams of Tax-Free Income in Retirement. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey guys, what is even better than a five-star review on this podcast? Well, it's actually sharing it with a friend. More people find podcasts because friends recommend it than any other way. So hit that share button in your podcast app and send this episode to a friend right now. Let us know you did, and we'll send you a copy of our favorite book free of charge. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. You know, I just couldn't help myself. We've got a whole nother episode on tax strategies to help you get ready, not just for tax year 2022, but, you know, for every tax year for the rest of your life. There's a long way to go. In fact, we're already a quarter of the way through 2023 as you're listening to this as the episode drops. And no matter when you listen to it, now is the time to make changes to your tax situation. If you want to impact how much greedy Uncle Sam in Washington is getting from your paycheck. So go back and listen to the last two episodes if you'd like even more strategies on reducing your tax liability. But today we're going to be covering some strategies that you may not have thought about and will bring you a tax-free income in your retirement. Now, one of my philosophies in retirement planning for my clients is that you want to have multiple streams of tax-free income, none of which show up on the IRS's radar and give you financial security and help protect you against unnecessary risks. Now, how many streams of tax-free income are we talking about here? Well, if you're like the amazing Ryan Rieger, a client and a great friend of mine who we had on the show back in episode 76, he talked about having 16 streams of income. But the majority of our clients end up not with 16, but you know, somewhere around four to six different streams of tax-free income. And most people are not even aware that you can have a tax-free income in your retirement. But if you've been listening to this podcast, hopefully by now you know that life insurance, cash value life insurance, provides an unbelievable series of tax advantages. And if we design the policy properly, we can even pull the money out of the policy, both principal and loans against the gains, both of which can be accessed completely after tax, meaning tax-free in your retirement. But there are other strategies as well And we're going to get into a number of them in today's episode. So hang tight. The big idea for today's episode is that we want to get your cash into a number of different tax-free streams so that even if the IRS changes some of the rules on you somewhere down the road, you won't want all of your tax-free eggs in one basket. Each of these streams we'll get into today have different advantages, benefits, and considerations as well. Each of them will provide a different, unique feature that will provide an essential part of your overall approach to a tax-free retirement. As always, consult with your tax professional before you get into any of these strategies. Now with that, let's get into some fun ideas. Number one, Social Security can be tax-free if you do it right. Only 4% of retirees claim Social Security at the most financially optimal time, according to a new study from United Income, which is an online investment management and financial planning firm. Only 4%. That means the remaining 96% of American retirees 
are losing out on $3.4 trillion or about $111,000 per household that they're not getting. That's money in people's pockets that they're not getting. Americans can claim Social Security as early as age 62, but the benefit grows each and every year you wait, which maxes out at age 70. Now, there are a lot of reasons for claiming your benefits early or later on, including considerations like your health, family longevity, finances, and income needs and other details. There is no official correct time to take your Social Security benefits, no matter what you've heard on YouTube. It's down to your specific needs and situation. And by the way, we help clients all over the country evaluate their Social Security benefits before they take them. We run it through software that gives us thousands of different scenarios on the optimal time to take your particular Social Security benefits. And there are so many factors to play into it. And you only get to choose when to take Social Security once in your entire life. So let's make sure we do this right. If you'd like to talk with us, go to notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com and click on the button that says request a meeting and write in there Social Security discussion. And I'll know what you want to talk about. So again, that's notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. Click on the button that says request a meeting. And in the notes of that meeting, write Social Security discussion. Okay, so please realize when you start taking your Social Security income, while it's nice to get that paycheck, it starts to feel a lot like a tax torpedo coming at you every month. Every month, you're getting that taxable income. What do I mean by that? Well, back in the 80s, Congress changed some of the rules on Social Security such that you can only receive your Social Security benefits without taxes due on it up to a certain point. If you make or receive other taxable income from other sources, like your IRAs or your part-time job, then the IRS is able to tax your Social Security benefits. Now realize this is a big surprise to a lot of Americans who believe they already had been taxed on the money since their Social Security was taken out of their paycheck throughout their working years. So a lot of folks are shocked when they realize that Social Security benefits themselves will be taxed in retirement. And get this, up to 85% of your Social Security benefit can be taxed. Up to 85%. If you're married and receiving retirement income as part-time work in your retirement, as you take Social Security benefits, they will tax 85% of your Social Security benefit if you make more than just 44000 bucks a year. So how can you avoid this? It's possible to get your Social Security income tax-free. And here's how you can do it. If all your other income streams are not showing up on your tax return as provisional income, if you're showing $0 of taxable money, then you could pull hundred grand a year or even five hundred grand a year out of your other retirement streams and still receive all of your Social Security benefits income tax-free. And when you're not having to pay taxes on 85% of your Social Security benefit, this gives you a massive return on investment on your Social Security over a long period of time. So that's the first strategy is to know some specifics on how to get the Social Security income without taxes due. It's coordinating your entire financial retirement plan to help make sure that that Social Security income does not get taxed. Second strategy, let's talk about another stream of income, Roth IRAs through Roth conversions. Now, this sort of bleeds into the first strategy and becomes its own pretty quickly. In the previous episode, the one we just did, I just did a whole conversation about Roth IRA strategies and Roth conversions. Taking a traditional IRA or 401k and converting it by paying taxes as you go, moving it into a Roth IRA. While this is a great strategy for moving your IRA money into tax-free income through the Roth IRA, 
it can have an unnecessary second-order consequence. It can have a negative impact on your Social Security if you don't do it right. Another key planning piece to this puzzle in taking Social Security income, again, back to strategy one here, is you do not want to be taking your Social Security income while you're converting traditional IRAs and 401ks over to Roth IRAs. So again, if you heard the last episode, you may have noticed there's this strategy we help clients with called a piecemeal internal Roth conversion. This is simply an approach where we use to help clients move an appropriate amount of money from taxable retirement accounts like IRAs over to tax-free. It's a process that can take several years depending on your specific situation. While you're doing this Roth conversion, you'll be realizing income on your tax return. So let's say you had a $500,000 IRA and you move that over five years at 100 grand a year, that's gonna show up on your tax return like you made 100 grand that year on top of what other jobs and stuff you might've had. This means that during the five or six years, let's say that you're converting a taxable IRA money to Roth IRA, you do not wanna be already receiving social security benefits as that would push you into the space where you'd be taxed on your social security money while you're just trying to get your Roth IRA converted. Sound complicated? It's really not. Key is just don't take Social Security income while you're doing a Roth conversion. That's the bottom line there, if you can help it. Now realize, guys, currently Americans have approximately $35 trillion in IRAs, 401ks, other tax-deferred retirement accounts, $35 trillion. Now the government, government has a current deficit of almost $32 trillion as of this recording. Now, where do you think they're going to get the money to pay for that deficit? Either they'll lower benefits, something the government doesn't do very well if politicians want to stay employed, or they're going to print money, which hurts Americans due to inflation, something they're not exactly in the mood to do these days with inflation soaring. And the only other option is to raise taxes. And where do you think those taxes will be raised? Will the government take money from people who have no money in the first place? Or they're going to take money from people who've been able to save, such as yourself. And won't they pull money from the biggest pot they can? Isn't that the $35 trillion of retirement accounts that are just sitting there? And Congress, of course, has a close eye on, even as they legislate the tax code. Guys, it's like Nelson Nash said years ago. If the government creates a problem, for example, onerous taxation, and then creates a solution to that problem, for example, tax-deferred retirement plans, don't you have at least a sneaking suspicion that you're being manipulated? Think about that for a minute. If Americans have $35 trillion in tax-deferred retirement accounts, isn't it nice and convenient that the deficit of this country is almost exactly the same amount? Uh-oh. So how can you get out of that trap? As I mentioned, a piecemeal internal Roth conversion, P-I-R-C. Many annuity companies will let you start a traditional IRA holding a guaranteed lifetime income annuity, thus solving the problem of market volatility that we've talked about elsewhere in this podcast, about the incredible power of having a guaranteed lifetime income. But if you stop there and you simply keep that annuity within a traditional IRA holding that guaranteed lifetime income, you're creating for yourself another tax torpedo in your retirement. Tax-deferred money that's guaranteed means that you're guaranteeing to pay the government taxes every single year. Let me say that again. Even though you have the power to create a guaranteed lifetime income inside a traditional IRA, there's another entity or buddy or partner that's also getting a guaranteed income stream, and that's the IRS for the rest of your life. So how can we avoid this problem? Again, do a piecemeal internal Roth conversion. 
Sounds like a mouthful. So let's break it down. Roth conversions are something that we've talked about previously in this episode and previous episodes. It's where you convert your traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. This is a very common practice. It's essentially you taking your taxable money in your IRA and converting it to a tax-free money by paying the taxes in the current year that you make your conversion. So that's what a Roth conversion is. But what is this piecemeal internal Roth conversion? Okay, well, internal means we're doing it within the IRA and the financial institution we've already set up the account with. Remember, we didn't want to leave the annuity. We didn't want to cash out the annuity to pay our taxes. We just wanted to make the annuity tax-free. So we're not wanting to break the annuity contract to do this Roth conversion. Generally, clients want to do this within the IRA. Just transform the annuity contract from taxable to tax-free. Pretty cool. Lastly, we can do this in a piecemeal way. We're not forced to convert all of the traditional IRA to a Roth IRA in one single year. That would give anybody tax heartburn. Instead, we can take one year at a time, pieces of that traditional IRA and converting it to a Roth IRA, filling up your tax bracket that year to the limit of what's acceptable without blowing out the tax brackets by converting everything all at once. For example, maybe we convert 10% of your traditional IRA this year and then another 25% next year, so forth and so on, over the course of five or six years so that we spread out the tax obligation converting slowly your traditional money into a Roth IRA, slow enough that it doesn't give you heartburn, but fast enough that we get most of the taxable money over to tax-free in a Roth IRA situation before tax rates go up in this country for good. So we've talked about Social Security. We've talked about how we can get that money tax-free. We've talked about Roth IRAs being tax-free. We've even talked about taking traditional IRA money and moving it to tax-free money through a Roth conversion. But there are several other counterintuitive ways to get some tax-free money in retirement. For example, currently the tax code includes something known as the standard deduction. Guys, if you've been drifting off, come back to me. This is a this is a fun one. It's counterintuitive, but I think you'll like it. Currently, as of 2023, if you are married and filing your taxes jointly, you have a standard deduction of $27,700 a year. This means you can collect up to $27,700 a year of taxable income. This could be from a part-time job in retirement, distributions from your retirement accounts, anything. And you can take that up to that 27000 bucks, and you can deduct all of it so that you pay no taxes on that money. Let that sink in for a minute. So if you have a traditional IRA or 401k and you take money out of those in your retirement, if you take only up to the standard deduction, the net result is tax-free money. So it's almost like having a free Roth IRA. So even if you have a traditional IRA or a 401k that you don't feel comfortable converting to a Roth IRA for any reason, there is a certain amount of money you could keep in your taxable IRA, your taxable bucket, and pull as much as $27,700 a year out up to the standard deduction and still enjoy a tax-free retirement income stream from the taxable IRA. Wow. So this is why I'm not devastated when people tell me they even have several hundred thousand dollars in their taxable 401k or IRA, even if it's, especially if it's in an income annuity. Why am I not devastated? Because based on your age, there's actually a sweet spot for how much taxable money you can have in your retirement buckets and still claim none of it as taxable income as you enter into your retirement years. Again, because of the standard deduction. Let's put some numbers on this. If you're 65 years old, the current income rates from annuities 
paying out roughly $27,000 a year, means you could have stashed away $350,000 in a traditional IRA, again, holding a guaranteed income annuity, and you could take all that income that the annuity pays you out of the annuity each year and pay no taxes due on that money due to the standard deduction. That's pretty sweet. That's a pretty remarkable feature for retirement plans that were supposed to be taxed. I mean, think about what you did there. Over your working years, you put money into a 401k or IRA, and you never paid any taxes on it. But rather, you put the money in tax-deferred. That's the first cool piece to this puzzle. Then in retirement, without any Roth conversions or paying any taxes, you were able to get a guaranteed lifetime income out of that annuity, and you were able to deduct all of the annuity income on your tax return through the standard deduction, thus allowing you to enjoy money throughout your retirement completely tax-free. So my question is, when were you taxed on that IRA, on the $350,000 in that IRA? There was no taxes when you put the money in. There was no taxes when you pulled the money out. That's an unbelievable unicorn in the tax world. I'm not sure why everyone doesn't set up an IRA with a couple hundred grand in it, as long as you can save that much, of course, that you can put at least a portion of your income tax-deferred into an IRA holding an annuity, then get that money out tax-free due to the standard deduction in retirement. Now, keep in mind, just like all things, the tax law could change. But we can only deal with what we know of the tax law today, and that's what the situation is today. We've got a standard deduction that's been around for years. Wow, so I love the standard deduction strategy. So let's do a quick recap. There's a number of different ways to max out Roth accounts. You can do Roth conversions. You can do tax-free Social Security, taking taxable money up to the standard deduction, even out of a tax-deferred IRA. You can take tax-free income from your bank on your self-designed whole life insurance policies. We've covered a lot. Beyond these strategies, we've mentioned plenty of others in other episodes. What about some counterintuitive streams of income that are not taxed? Well, many people quickly jump over to municipal bonds. Many people bring up muni bonds since they are also tax-free, but I don't recommend municipal bonds. It's true that municipal bonds are exempt from taxes, and they do have relatively low investment risk. This seems like a one-two punch everyone should consider, right? It's a no-brainer, right? No, I'd caution you to think twice before getting into muni bonds. I'm going to give you three reasons very quickly. Number one, income from muni bonds counts as provisional income. That means that it counts against the thresholds that cause Social Security to be taxed. Go back to the earlier part of this episode to see why that's a problem. So while you might be looking at a stable, predictable, tax-free income from your muni bond, you could be unwittingly losing a portion of your Social Security along the way. Remember, 85% of your Social Security could become taxable to you at your highest marginal tax bracket. That could cause you to lose a lot of your money, up to a quarter of your Social Security, and force you to spend down all of your other assets five to seven years faster than those who receive their Social Security totally tax-free. Number two reason I'm not a fan of muni bonds. Bonds are not always entirely tax-free. They are free from federal taxes, that's true, but they're often taxed at the state level. And currently, 43 out of 50 states do charge state tax on an out-of-state municipal bond interest that you receive. So, as states raise their income taxes to cover shortfalls in their budgets, you'll be stuck with higher and higher tax rates on the muni bonds. And the third reason, rates of return are pretty low. 2.5%, pretty typical. And the longer you hold the muni bond, the more you're exposed to that interest rate risk. 
what if other deals like we've had in the last year begin to pop up when interest rates have risen 5% or even higher on other kinds of bonds? If you're stuck in a 2.5% muni bond, that's not exactly thrilling. Finally, municipal bonds have call risk. This is kind of a bonus reason why I'm not a fan of muni bonds. The municipal bond can call the, the bond, meaning they can cancel the payments, pay off the principal, and you stop getting the interest payments paid to you. This is no different than if a renter breaks their lease with you. It has the net effect of stopping the income on income you were relying for to pay your bills. So not a huge fan of muni bonds for tax-free income. One more as we wrap up. What about reverse mortgages? Okay, it's true that reverse mortgages are a controversial way to prepare for your retirement. But my job on this podcast is to not be average, and that often causes some controversy. I prefer to tell you the truth, regardless of how controversial it is. Why are reverse mortgages so controversial? I believe it's for two reasons. The first is that people are attached to their homes and don't like the idea of going back into debt with the bank as they go through their retirement years. Second, 15 or 20 years ago, reverse mortgages were oversold without much protection or regulation. I think both of these considerations are losing their power as we look into the deep, dark hole of a retirement crisis in this country and tax rates going up. So let's take another look at reverse mortgages. What is a reverse mortgage? Okay, so for those of you who are older than 60, you can enter into an agreement with a bank who will pay you a monthly payment totally tax-free and guaranteed to last as long as you live in the house. And when you decide to leave your house, or if you pass away, the bank will pay you or your children or beneficiaries the remaining equity that you still own of that house. So go back and listen to that again if that was uh, confusing to you. If you choose, you can even give your house equity to your children, and your children can then take over the house and set up a new mortgage with the bank. This means that no one loses the house when you do a reverse mortgage. And let's focus on what you get out of the deal. You get to keep the house, you get to stay living in your house, and the bank is now buying the house back from you month over month, paying you a stream of tax-free income guaranteed. Why is it tax-free? Because loans are not considered income by the IRS, and it's almost like you're taking a loan, a tiny little loan each month to the tune of your monthly payment that you're receiving tax-free from the bank. Let's do an example here. Let's say you're 65 years old, and let's say your house is worth $500,000. And let's say you've been diligent over the years, and you've been paying down your house, and you only have $50,000 left to pay off on that mortgage. You feel so close to having the debt paid off. You seem eager and excited to have the mortgage totally gone. But why? When you pay off the house, all the risk of the house value is now on your shoulders. You're not sharing the risk of the house value with the bank. But you know in retirement that you don't want a fixed cost leaving your pocket every month going to the banker. So you're excited to pay off that last 50 grand on that mortgage. But wait, if we do a reverse mortgage, even though your mortgage won't be completely paid off today, we can wipe out the remaining mortgage with the new reverse mortgage and immediately have no more monthly payment to the bank ever again. In addition, the bank would come and pay you $827 a month, income tax-free for as long as you live in the house. That's almost $10,000 a year of tax-free money. We also got rid of the monthly mortgage payment that you were paying to the bank, so that frees up even more money in your monthly budget. What a cool strategy. And if you should leave the house or decide to move, you get to take your remaining equity with you to help purchase another house 
should you choose to do that. As you can see, there are so many different ways to get to the tax-free promised land. In fact, you want to have multiple pathways to get there in case the government blocks one. By implementing a number of these strategies, you can rest assured that you will have a stress-free retirement. Let's do some takeaways as we wrap up. Number one, don't ignore taxes in the future just to favor tax deductions today. The 401k and IRA sound so alluring with their tax deduction in today's dollars. But the truth is you'll be taxed in the future much more heavily if you do well in your portfolio or if tax rates go up, both of which I hope you're preparing for. Number two, don't put all your eggs in one tax-free basket just in case Congress decides to pull the rug out from under you. And number three, reach out to a specialist who can help you build a true bank-on-yourself portfolio to add to your tax-free streams of income. I'm not an accountant and I don't play one on TV or a podcast, but I can partner up with your CPA and help you think through some creative alternative solutions, not just to get to the best tax deal this year, but to give you your best tax deal every single year for the rest of your life and beyond. So guys, that's it for our mini series of me. Next week, we're going to be talking to someone who had some incredibly smart creative financial strategies and tax strategies with her bank on yourself policy. So I'll leave you with that cliffhanger. And until then, thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your taxes, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.